Welcome to Deep Impact Investing with Kimberly Griego-Kyle from Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. In this podcast, we talk about sustainable investing and how your portfolio reflects your values. Do your investments seek accountability from corporations that govern more and more of our society and even the lives we lead? Listen in as we explore the question, are you investing like you give a damn? Hello and welcome to Deep Impact Investing with Kimberly Griego-Kyle from Horizons Sustainable Financial Services. Good afternoon, Kimberly. How are you? I'm great, Eric. How are you? I am doing fantastic. I know we've got a lot to cover today and we're going to be starting with, well, I guess the theme of the entire podcast really is the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. And you're going to be covering a lot of that today, right? I am. I'm going to kind of go over what they are and then we're going to focus on two of them because there are a lot. All right. A lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. So how, so many? Let's, how many are there? There's 17. Oh, that 17 is a lot. 17 of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is a lot. Yeah. Well, let's talk about what it is. So, so the United Nations has come up with their sustainable development goals and let's distinguish that between the United Nations six principles for responsible investment. So back in the early 2000s, Um, the United Nations came up with their principles for responsible investment. Now, we are a sustainable investment firm, Mm -hmm. so you might think, well, let's talk about the the, uh, principles for responsible investment. And we might save that for another podcast down the road, because that's certainly very important to what we do. But we are also about sustainability, and we want to talk about that on this podcast. And so, I want to talk about the sustainable development goals. And one of the reasons I want to talk about that is because in December, um, the United Nations is gathering together a group of investment professionals. I went last year in December to this conference that they have. I, mm-hmm. I will not be able to make it this year. But it's investment professionals who are going to discuss how to achieve the sustainable development goals around the world. And again, there are 17 of them. What are they? Why are they important? Um, And uh, 17 of them, it's a lot, right? And we're not going to cover them all today. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, these development goals, these sustainable development goals cover every aspect of our lives and our planet. And I want to talk about those and how they impact our investments So, again, what are they? Um, It's really a blueprint. It's it's a blueprint for the planet, a better future for everyone, Um, not just for the U.S., but for the entire planet. So, you know, we kind of look around and we think we're we're facing a global crisis. Um, It's not just about investing, um, but it's all areas of sustainability, whether it's about looking at poverty inequality, climate issues. Certainly we think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, the environmental degradation that we're facing, peace, social justice issues, gender equity. We could go on and on and on. But these sustainable development goals that the UN has created really are looking at all of these pieces. So what I want to do over the course of the next several months is to break them down into sort of sizable chunks as we talk about them and and discuss them, how the UN's addressing them, what their goals are, 
why it matters to us on an individual and a global basis, Mm -hmm. and what we can do to help. All right. So, yeah. So, each month, um, I'll kind of give you a heads up on what we're going to talk about next month. I think this is going to be important. So, that you can send us an email and ask us questions. Oh, great idea. Um, Yeah, about what the next set of topics is. Um, We won't necessarily go in order, so I might kind of jump around um, because, you know, they're kind of listed on the UN's website about what the 17 are. Um, So I might kind of jump around and kind of group them together on topics. And um, so I'll kind of give you a heads up at the end of this podcast what next month's two or three will be. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. So to get us started... I am going to start out with goals one and two. Um, the, the first two goals are no poverty and zero hunger. So wow. we're going to start out. Yeah, I know. You're like, wow, those are kind of big topics, right? Um, but yeah. And, and so if we just start out with no poverty, it's kind of a lofty goal. But let's, let's talk about that for a minute. So poverty, 10% of the world lives in what we call extreme poverty, um, it, you know, we're not even going to talk about just what the level of poverty is, but 10% of the world, that's 700 million people mm. who live on less than a dollar 90 per day. So, you know, that's, that's actually more than twice the population of the United States, more than twice the mm. population of the United States in 2018. So the majority of whom of those people live in sub-Saharan Africa. So, but 700 million people, that's a lot. Um, And having a job doesn't mean that you won't live in extreme poverty. So you could have a job and still live in extreme poverty. More more women than men, of course, you know, it's sad to say, Mm -hmm. live in extreme poverty. And a disproportionate number of those affected are children. One out of five children live in extreme poverty. The high poverty rates, of course, which is not surprising, are found in high conflict zones. So we do see that, of course, more often in sub-Saharan Africa, where we see a lot of conflict. This, you know, we think about this and we're like, oh, this, you know, this is sounds terrible, right? What do we do? What do we do? So, what are the UN's goals here? You know, and, and we say, no poverty. That's their goal, but they really do want to eradicate extreme poverty where people are living on that less than $1.25 or $1.90 per day by 2030. That's 10 years from now. Yeah. Yeah, it's not very far. They want to reduce by half all people living in poverty, any poverty, by 2030. So we have the extreme poverty level. We have Poverty in general, which is also a big number. I don't have the statistics on that. Kim, Kim, do we know how many levels there are? I mean, I'm not trying to put you on the spot here, but yeah, yeah, that's a good question. But there's the extreme poverty. Then, um, then there's, I think two levels above that. Okay. So, so we have uh, another level of, of poverty and I don't know again, what the dollar amounts that they're living Mm -hmm. on, um, above that. Uh, and then you have a level level of poverty above that where um, people in, like you would look at in the U.S. Um, or developed nations mm-hmm. are living under. Uh, you know, someone in sub-Saharan Africa, if they had what would be considered wealth of U.S. poverty is, they would be extremely wealthy. Yeah. So, but it's it's it, it's 
fairly extreme poverty in the U.S. to live on, a, you know, a family of four, $20,000 a year. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say, because I understand the extreme poverty and being able to label that with a dollar amount worldwide. But then when you take a look at the other levels, I would assume that they have to kind of get rid of the dollar levels um, yes. or the dollar amounts, because it doesn't mean much when you're talking poverty here compared to poverty poverty in sub-Saharan Africa. You know, it's a totally yes. different ballgame. Um, right. So, the, so the first the first part of it was eliminating eradicating extreme poverty um, by 2030, which is the the lowest of the low levels dollar wise, and we're talking you know the, that 700 million. Right. Wow. Right. Wow. And then there are hundreds of millions of people who live uh, still in poverty above that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, probably more than 700 million above that. And then we have, uh, you know, uh, probably a couple hundred million people in the United States who are also living in poverty, mm-hmm. who don't know where their next meal are coming from. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, then we also want to, or the UN, I say we, um, want to implement social protections and measures for the poor. Um, even here in the United States, uh, there are not a lot of social protections for for the poor, you know, we think, oh, well, you know, what about food stamps? There's big fights mm-hmm. around continuing food stamps here. Think about that. That's a developed nation. Uh, you know, in, in underdeveloped nations, uh, it's it's even worse. But so we have to look at social protections and, and measures for for those underdeveloped nations as well. Yeah, and then that doesn't even take into account the the political garbage that goes back and forth all the time about who's in poverty and who's in poverty here legally, who's in poverty here illegally, and just that whole game yes. we don't even want to scratch the surface of. But I, right. I like the approach of, how about we just eliminate poverty, period? No exactly. matter where they live or no matter where they came from. Right. So. Yeah, we're not even touching on that. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, you know, who's here legally and who's mm-hmm. not, and and um, are they getting food? They're exactly. still people, right? They're still people. They still need to eat. And they still exactly. need healthcare and all that stuff. So, all right, I'm not going to open the can of worms. <laughs> right. I mean, I uh, it's certainly a passion of mine too. And yeah. um, you know, we could get into a political conversation around that. Yeah, let's feed people who are hungry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, and and that that goes to you know their next goal, which is equal rights and access to basic services. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't matter who you are um, or where you are. We should have equal rights and access to basic services, which is food and health. And a living space. Yeah. Um, and and that that goes for, for people who are living in sub-Saharan Africa, living in developed countries, underdeveloped countries. It doesn't matter. We want to have that. The UN wants to have that. Um, and, and that they're, um, they also believe um, they want them to have access to microfinance, uh, which we talked about on a podcast last month, um, you know, for, 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 for the poor by 2030 as well. Mm. And that's very important because microfinance helps lift you out of poverty. Yeah. So, so that's very important. Um, they want to reduce exposure and vulnerability to the poor to climate risk and climate-related events and disasters by 2020. You know, we talk about here in the United States, many people are one health disaster away mm-hmm. from poverty. So, you know, we think about that and... Um, you know, and but it, it's it's even worse. You know, a, a climate disaster in an impoverished nation already will wipe out many hundreds of thousands of people. Um, it can cause 
famine. It can cause disease. So we have to be very, very concerned about climate-related events and what that can do to poor and vulnerable populations. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, a- another goal, then there's there's more that they list, but I'm going to limit it to this, but ensure significant mobilization of resources from a variety of places in developed countries to end poverty. And, and we're not just talking about money, although money is important. We're talking about building infrastructure to help support food resources, which helps bring you out of poverty, mm-hmm. housing, things like that. So, so it's not just about money, but we need infrastructure to help build that. So now that we've kind of talked about some of the depressing things, you know, um, you know, and then of course, what are their goals? What can you do? Let's talk about what you can do. First, I think it's really important that we sort of eliminate the pull yourselves up by the bootstraps mentality that some people have, because not everyone has access to food, to education, to the resources to just make that happen. Yeah, Kim, you, Kim I want I want to speak to that just for a minute because yeah. years ago, uh, you know, I didn't. It wasn't that I wasn't empathetic, and I, to be honest, I just didn't know. I think I was in my very early twenties, and I just didn't get it. Right, I didn't get that there was this level of poverty, this level of of problems in in other countries. And I thought, man, why don't they just get themselves into a better situation? You know, I've I've had to work hard, I've had to do things, uh, but then the real eye opener was realizing that <laughs> you can't pull yourself up by your bootstraps if you don't have clean water. One basic thing. And I I wasn't even thinking about food, education, infrastructure, resources, all that. Just thinking about the people that cannot go and just get a glass of water if they're thirsty without it possibly making them sick, being diseased, or having to treat it, boil it themselves, or whatever needs to happen for however long, that right there, not having instant water (laughs) is a huge deal. And that really changed my my thought process. Like, wow, I'm I'm an idiot <laughs> because I had no no concept of how truly devastating it was. Um, and so, and I've never been hungry. I'll be honest. I've never truly been hungry uh, except for m- by my own doing. Um, and to worry about that stuff. And and you've got parents that are worried about their children. And yeah, it's it's a whole different thing. And and so I agree 100. percent That first thing you have to do is be able to change that. And have empathy for the folks that are in those situations so that you can then say, now I know I need to do something about it. Right. And I think it's, you're right, it's often hard for people who've never been in the situation where they don't know where their next meal is actually coming from. uh, Or they don't understand, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, clean water. um, Or they've never had a roof over their head. So, yeah, you, you, you just cannot fathom what that really means. Yeah. So yeah, it, 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 it's hard to think outside that box when you've never been there. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's true. And, and we have to look beyond that. So what's the next step? So, when, once you have yeah. that and you say, okay, now I want to do something. Yeah. What are your thoughts? So, yeah. So uh, second, um, it, it's really important that we lobby our own governments to participate in in helping them under helping them to understand and serve these these underserved communities, mm-hmm. um, not just in our own country but in other countries, um, we technically have a lot 
And we need to share that um, both in our own communities and around the world. So, um, you know, we need to, we need to spread the love. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to sound absolutely. like, you know, I don't, you know, it's true. We really need to. Um, and we need to actually participate ourselves in, in helping that. So whether it's giving $5, um, giving some time, helping with local charities, or if we can international charities, let's do that. Yeah. And and it's, I know that laws have changed. I I think it's still probably federally regulated in certain situations, but also I think the States have some regulation in it, but I will never forget. My first job was at McDonald's when I was 16 years old and well, besides my paper out and all that, but working for a, a fast food restaurant or any type of restaurant, the first time I saw our manager pull the burgers that hadn't sold in seven minutes or whatever the timer was mm. and throw them in the trash can. I thought, wait, why are those going in there? And that was my question. Yeah. Uh, because, well, because we can't, we didn't sell them in time. Like, okay, so why don't we do something with those? Well, can we put them in the fridge? No, you can't do that. And and he had to explain to me because I was angry. I was really upset. I was like, well, why can't we do that? You know, I'm, just, I'm thinking it's him making a decision. I'm like, boy, you're greedy. Uh, but it wasn't, it was, it was truly regulated by, I know McDonald's made the ruling down, you know, to all the stores, but they are pressed upon by whatever it is, USDA, uh, whoever it is that says, up, oh, you cannot do that. But now it seems to be that some of it has changed. Maybe we've had our eyes open a little bit and we're able to get more of that food instead of it going to waste and into a trash can into the hands of establishments, charities, places that can hand it out. Um, but there's still a long way to go with this waste and it still bothers me, but I know yes. some of it has changed. Yes. And we're going to talk about that when we talk about goal number two oh, and hunger. Go yeah. Ahead. Yeah. I'm going to talk more about that because that is, oh, that is a pet peeve of mine. Yeah. And and I'm, that is a great segue because let's talk about the zero hunger, which is another big one. Mm-hmm. Um, and and on that, you know, climate change, which is big, is is putting a tremendous pressure on food race, food resources. And it, again, this is a big number, but 800 million people go hungry every day. Oh, it, it, that's more, more than the number of people who live in poverty. So what are we going to do with the expected 2 billion people who are going to join this planet in the next 30 years? Yeah. Two, that's, 2 billion. That's a staggering. Yeah. That's a, it is a staggering number. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like the two billion are going to be born into, you know, homes that are just fine. <laughs> they're they're going to be fed exactly. well. You know, so yeah. what does that 800 million number look like with the addition of the two billion? You know, it, yeah. Oh, gee, many Chris. I mean, that's what 800 million is, is over 10% of what we've got now. So count another 240 million. So you're going to have, you're going to have over a billion people going hungry. Yes. If we yeah. Don't change something. yeah. If we don't change something and it'll likely be exponentially yeah. higher um, yeah. because, you know, well, and those 800 million people are going hungry and even more than those are, are still undernourished. Mm-hmm. So they might be getting food, but it's still not enough. So again, the, the undernourished people, the majority of them are living in, you know, uh, undeveloped or developing countries. So, mm-hmm. 
Uh, and even here in the U.S., millions are going hungry every day. So one of the statistics I read was that in the span of the last, well, not quite last three years, but between 2014 and 2017, there was an increase of over 40 million um, undernourished people in just sub-Saharan Africa alone. Wow. Yeah, so that, that number increased by 40 million. And that's just going to continue to increase if we don't do something. Poor nutrition causes half of all the deaths of children under the age of five. Um, that just broke my heart. That's, un- yeah. That's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, and, and part of that is um, food insecurity, which is a big issue. You know, this, you know, this is, seems like a long time, but, you know, since the 1900s, 75% of crop diversity has been lost. And people might think, well, what, is, what, what does that mean? Uh, you know, well, okay, crop diversity. Why is that important? You know, well, if we don't have crop diversity, then we're going to have um, problems with our food supply. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, this, the, the fewer diversified crops, the... It, how do I say this? I want to talk about this in the next podcast, so I don't want to give away too much of my... All right. Podcast next All right. podcast, but yeah. It, so so crop diversity um, is a problem because when you genetically create crops that are all the same, they don't cross pollinate, and then when one of them dies off, then you don't have something else to continue to grow. When you have a a disease that destroys one, it there's nothing else to grow around it. So yeah, there's that. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then again, where does most of our food, um, we think in the U S that it comes from big agribusiness. That's what people actually think, but there's actually over 500 million small farms worldwide that, that provides 80% of the food that's consumed in developed countries. Wow. That's surprising. Yeah. And most of these are, um, uh, still rain-fed. So what happens if we're destroying our atmosphere? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have to think about that. Um, and and most of these are, they're, they're actually very small farmers in, in these underdeveloped countries. And if we're putting them out of business and we're um, not helping those farmers, again, it goes back to um, part of the problem comes from... Uh, think about the current political climate and some of the legislative issues we have going on. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about that. Um, Goals, the UN goals. Uh, By 2030, they want to end hunger and ensure food access to all people. That seems really lofty, right? Yeah. Yeah. And again, it goes back to the poorest people um, and the the ones in the most vulnerable situations, especially those in high conflict zones. Uh, in 2020, they really want to deal with ending malnutrition because it's not just being hunger or being hungry, but um, they're malnourished. Uh, and really focusing on the nutrition needs of pregnant women and adolescent girls and the older populations, the elder adults. Mm-hmm. Um, 2030, by 2030, they want to ensure sustainable food production, which is, again, focusing on these small community farms many of which are being run, surprisingly, by women. Um, so there's that, too. Yeah, it's, and by, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, please go ahead. Yeah. Uh, 
again, by 2030, their, their goals, they're really 10-year goals, um, increasing investment in infrastructure and sustainable agriculture, because it really comes back to being sustainable. And um, if we don't look at crop rotation, um, focusing on nurturing the soil and um, and and looking at the those components of, you know, because you can't grow corn on the same plot of land every single year. Correct. It depletes the soil. Mm-hmm. So they have to pay attention to um, the sustainable agriculture piece. Yep. Again, yeah, correcting and preventing trade restrictions in agriculture markets. The UN is really focused on that. And adopting measures to proper functioning of food commodity markets because that is also a problem. Yeah, it's and I, I hate to say it, I'm, I'm not going to be a pessimist right here at the end of the podcast. Yeah. I know we're running low on time, but one of the things that bothers me is that the goals are fantastic, and, and I love talking about these first two, um, but these first two seem to be coupled with world peace, right? And because yep. I'm looking at the conflict zones alone, right? Sub-Sahara, yeah. there are a lot of times when there are many, many amazing charities that will try to get supplies, food, water, things to these poorer areas, and they're stopped by whoever's controlling the government at the moment or rebels or whatever. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that they want to work on infrastructure for other things, but that is one thing that I think is really s- slowing this process down. So I hope that they have some better plans also in this next 10 years to be able to address that as well. Yes. Um, peace and equity is one of their goals, and we will talk about that. Let me talk really quickly about what you can do, because I don't want to leave this on a depressing note. There we go. <laughs> um, yeah. So, again, we have to work with local and international food security organizations, which do work mm-hmm. to end child poverty and work on food security issues. And there are a number of them out there. So look for those. It's also really important that we work on legislative issues here in our country, because there's currently some that we really have to address. Yes. Um, restrictions of agricultural trade. We have to ensure free and open food trade to keep farmers in business, many of whom, as we mentioned, are small independent operators in third world markets. So we have to keep the food trade open. And we have to think about not wasting our own food. Remember, our mother told us mm-hmm. someone's hungry. So don't waste our own food. Yeah. Buy what you're going to eat. And thinking about giving to local food banks, don't give them food, give them cash because they actually can leverage the dollars that you give them to buy more food than you think they can. Mm. So the $25 that you give them, they can turn into a hundred dollars worth of food buying. That's a great point. As a, yeah. As opposed to giving them a can of green beans, um, they can take that dollar and buy 10 cans of green beans. Mm. So it's, it's much more important to do that. On the investment side, as we talked about before, um, community investments are really important. Um, the work that we do in community investments really do help impoverished neighborhoods. Um, it helps with microfinance. And we're also looking at the factory farming issues, pesticides and antibiotic uses in our food systems mm-hmm. and, and how that is affected. And I'm going to talk more about all of that in episode 12 of the podcast. So Which next is our month. next episode, yeah. Yeah, yeah, our next episode. Next month, um, when we talk about the UN Sustainable Development Goals, I want to address the following. We're going to talk about goals um, three, four, and five, which are in order, but they're going to be about health, education, and gender equality. 
and how those three are tied together. All right. I want to make sure everybody understands that that is not the next podcast. That is the next is month, month podcast. Yeah. All yeah. right. Good deal. Any, anything else to close this podcast out? Um, no, I think that's a lot. And um, I'm, I'm really excited to kind of talk about these. The UN Sustainable Development Goals Conference is in December in New York. I wish I was going again. I went last year. It was great. Um, but unfortunately, I don't get to go this time. Well, they should learn how to stream it because that would be... Yes, it would be great. That would be a good thing. We have the technology. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time again, Kim. This is fantastic. It was great to talk about this. I look forward to the next several months and sharing all of these with you and some things that we can do and talk about it. Fantastic. And I want to thank you all for listening to the Deep Impact Investing Podcast with Kimberly Griego-Kyle. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Kim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And this series is going to be amazing because this will give you a lot of, lot of stuff to talk about around the dinner table, uh, around the coffee machine, uh, a little bit at work maybe, sometimes on the, uh, maybe you're all, all playing cards. What a great conversation to have and think about what you guys can be doing to make some changes and help the UN make changes around the world. And if you have questions because of what you've heard today and you'd like to reach out to Kim, do that, please, by email at info at horizonssfs.com. That's info at horizonssfs.com. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Horizons Sustainable Financial Services, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Deep Impact Investing Podcast, the sustainable, responsible impact investing podcast that shows you how to get your voice heard. It's time to start investing like you give a damn. To ask a question that we can answer on an upcoming podcast, email us at info at horizonssfs.com or join the conversation on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash horizons sustainable financial services or give us a call at 505-982-9661 don't forget to click the subscribe button to be notified when new episodes become available the companies we may speak about during our podcast are not recommendations for investment only you and your financial advisor can determine what the right investments are for you and your situation horizon sustainable financial services is a registered investment advisor registered with the state of new mexico and other jurisdictions were registered or exempted the information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the host and or guest and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.